Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. Welcome back to another mini episode. Welcome, everybody. That was to my another... NPR voice. Welcome, Welcome back to another mini episode. So I've got some interesting stuff for today. Um, Do you have anything tragic? Because no. I have. Oh, I have tragic shit. Okay. So I think I know what this is. You probably do. I want to talk briefly about, and I don't mean to talk about it briefly, um, but I want to talk about the shooting in the Denver area STEM Mm -hmm. school. Yeah. So one student who was an 18-year-old Kendrick Castillo was killed in the shooting. He died at the scene and would have graduated Friday. I know. Which was three days before the shooting. He had three days left of school, which is just absolutely heartbreaking yeah he is credited with saving lives by diving at a shooter allowing the other students time to flee as he was fatally shot uh castillo and other students gave all this is a quote from one of the students gave all of us enough time to get underneath our desks to get ourselves safe and to run across the room to escape can you imagine the bravery it's so brave, but it's so sad because it's not something that we should be expecting of our young people. No. And we are expecting this of our young people. Like, I saw something um, related to this. I think they were interviewing, like, a 12-year-old boy, and he basically said that he was going to go out fighting. You know, yeah. it, it, a school shooting. And... Um, they should not have to think about it's that. It's not something that these kids should ever have to think about, and it yeah. makes me so fucking sad that yeah. this is where we are, you know, that this poor kid, I just think about, like, his parents, I think about what he could have done. Like, someone yeah. like that, what could they do with their future? Like, what yeah. kind of man would because he have been, you know? Because of that bravery know? that he had for standing up for others around him, think of all of the amazing things that he could do. I mean, I uh, these people have made it very clear they owe their lives to him and have really um, had quite a, a memorial for him. Well, and... You know, I think we oftentimes don't talk about what happens to survivors in situations like this. After Parkland, there was, uh, even up until very recently, there yeah. was suicides mm-hmm. uh, from survivors people guilt. who had survived the shooting. And for me, especially if this was someone I knew, someone I liked, and he quite literally sacrificed his life for me, yeah, it would be really, really hard I think you have to look at it from one of two perspectives, but that's very hard to say, like, well, he would want me to have an incredible life because he sacrificed his life for mine. But it would feel so difficult 
yeah. to do that. To be happy know? when you know that. Or to think, like, I don't know, what if he was a really good person and then you're, like, all your life being, like, I'm not as good a person as he was. He, You know, he should have lived. I shouldn't have lived. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I just feel like. Especially for children, I feel like that's such a difficult concept to grasp. And, I, I mean, I really do hope that everybody involved, as in all of these horrible, horrible attacks, especially in schools, I hope that these children can... Recover. Recover. Yeah. Really. Um, and this happened only eight miles away from the Columbine school, which is insane. Well, to me, yeah, it's just, like, it just feels so empty. It just feels so hopeless, because it's just, like, never going to stop. We could literally have a podcast dedicated to this week in school shootings yeah. every week. We could. We could do nothing but that, truly. Yeah. Like, in this country, we could do nothing but that, because that's how frequent they are, yeah. truly. Yeah, so eight other people at the school were shot and hospitalized. By Wednesday morning, five of those were who were injured were released from hospitals, and three remained in intensive care. The shooters were armed with handguns, entered the K-12 high school Tuesday afternoon through the middle school, which had no metal detectors, and one contracted armed serv- armed security officer. And they were students, so they were able to get in to and not have it yeah. be weird, you that, know? But of course, because, like... Whenever I was in school, we didn't have security guards. We didn't have metal detectors. Like We had metal detectors, I think. Um, we didn't. If I'm remembering, but I don't think it was at all entrances. If I'm remembering correctly, there were certain entrances that had certain detectors. But it wasn't like, it must not have been anything crazy because if you were wearing metal or if you had metal in your backpack of any kind, it's not like it went off, you know? Yeah, it's it's just it's just a crazy thing to think about when you think about... This is something that is in the back of my head, I know. Anytime I'm in a big group of people. Yeah. You know, I think about that every time I go to Disneyland. And they do have, like, great security and, you know, metal detectors. There are ways, and, though. But anytime you're in a group of people, or at least when I am, I think about those things Yeah, now. And it's not something that I ever grew up really thinking yeah. about. And taking care of a child, that's something for me that I think about a lot where... You know, luckily, it stays pretty far from my mind often because I kind of have to force it to. But there are moments where I'm with this seven-year-old kid and I'm just like, I I at one time feel very sorry that he has to grow up in a world where they have these drills, that he's already aware of school shootings. But and thank I also, God but they thank are God having these drills. But I also have this fear of like, what if this happens to him? Like, I feel such Absolutely. a love and protection for this child that it's it's scary to me. Like, I can't imagine having my own kid and sending them to school every day when these things happen yeah. all the time. Yeah, it, it does make you understand, you know, even though it's crazy and you can be like, oh, it's paranoia, why people don't want to send their kids to school or out into the world totally. at all. Because you're like... You you understand that fierce, but you also can't shield can't, them from no, it because it can happen anywhere at any time, quite like, literally anywhere. Which is at once scary, but there's also something to be said about knowing that like you can't predict these things. Yeah, you know my my dad was always he is like an alarmist, and he'll send me articles and things that are like yeah. Look at what's happening in Los Angeles. Yeah. Or look at what's happening in London where my my brother lives. And it's just like, yes, but those things can happen anywhere. Mm -hmm. And, like, what do you want us to just, like, stay in the house and, like, lock the doors and never go anywhere? he probably just wants you to be aware, you know? Well, he's he's, he's a little bit of an agoraphobe. He doesn't leave the house. He's a little extreme. I, I know what you're talking about. But I think that... 
I don't think that he would want that life for you, though. I think that he just wants you no, to be but, aware. But, but what I'm saying is, fearful. no matter how horrifying all of this stuff is, even though it's scary that we, there's no rhyme or reason to it, there's also an amount, at least for me, that I can take solace in knowing that there is no rhyme or reason to it. And yeah. there's no protecting yourself from it, really. There's no like, pattern. There's no... Right. You know, place that's safe that you just have to live your life. Live your life. Be as cautious as you can. Yeah. And you know and, and make choices in the time that it does and doesn't happen to the best of your ability to react to it appropriately and to make choices to save your life. And really. actively, you know, something that we can all do and should all do, I still get text to my phone probably once a month from every town, which is the um, group of moms who came together to fight for gun legislation. They yeah. send me text messages uh, like once a month for things that you can do. So there are things that you can do if you're an American in this country and you're concerned about gun violence Yeah, uh, to actively work to get legislation passed. And yeah. I understand it won't eradicate the problem altogether, no. but you can do something to try and like yeah. lessen this issue it's crazy yeah so prosecutors will formally file charges on friday where a decision on bond will also be made there were two there are two suspects and um we're not going to get into the suspects no it is an interesting kind of pairing um but that's not what we're here for so if yeah you and we can have those do... conversations off mic and you guys can have those conversations yeah, if, between each other if but... you choose to look into it by all means we just personally choose not to have those discussions on the mic because we want to focus on uh the victims and the horrible horrible things that have been happening well and i do think that the frequency in which this is happening i think that there is some correlation at least for some of these shooters in um they want to be famous yeah and like they're we're not gonna give them that not 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 today not, not on this podcast not today okay so a couple of months ago we talked about uh, about brunei the country yeah. of brunei whose sultan had imposed the death penalty yes i i realized it wasn't just for although you know mostly of course it was being enforced for members of the lgbtq community uh and acts of homosexuality in general but also for acts of adultery uh-huh. uh it was also being enforced for that they were going to start stoning people yeah uh, to death specifically members of the gay community in brunei which is a horrifying medieval Old Testament punishment. Yeah. And recently, Brunei has decided not to impose the death penalty on those convicted of having gay sex. But it's it's not because they've had a change of heart or suddenly yeah. been like, oh, you know what? This is something that's wrong that we shouldn't do. Yeah. It's because um, there was international outcry and condemnation. Yeah. And But good. I mean, thank absolutely. God. Thank God there was. But the sultan said in a televised speech last Sunday that it would extend a moratorium on capital punishment and ratify the United Nations Convention Against Torture. It it followed this kind of global backlash from people like George Clooney and Elton John, who publicly yeah. came out and said that they would no longer be supporting, I guess, 
the Sultan of Brunei owns a lot of major hotels. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They came out with all the names of the hotels and we listed them on this podcast. Right, right. To bam. Yes, including the Beverly Hills Hotel. Which is uh, legendary. And and the uh, the Hotel Bel Air here in Los Angeles. So both of those massive hotels that do tons of celebrity business. Oh, yeah. They're Um, legendary hotels. Yes. So... There was a large boycott on all of these uh, hotels that are owned by this guy, as well as large companies such as J.P. Morgan and the Deutsche Bank. They told their staff to stop using Brunei-owned hotels in the wake of this news. So um, this law would have included death by stoning for those convicted of gay sex, adultery, and rape. Yeah. So... They are putting a moratorium on capital punishment. However, uh, members of the LGBTQ community in Brunei are still experiencing not only massive homophobia on a very public state-sanctioned scale, but also um, punishment. I mean, just because because the law isn't there doesn't mean that people don't still hold those ideas. Well, and basically all he has said is, we won't stone you to death. It, It doesn't say that you won't be punished or face severe if not legal, severe social consequences. That's true. Um, it just says we're not going to kill you, which is kind of like the bottom bar. Yeah, like, like that's thank not, God, but yeah. also like it's not it's not much. No. Yeah. yeah. Like I mean, thank you? Question mark that like you didn't want to lose your money so much that you decided. I mean, and and thank God, I thank God for the reaction internationally. Honestly, and I'm glad that we. Mention this again so that it can still be in the forefront of our minds because things happen all the time. So we forget a lot of these other things that happen all around the world. Right, which is why I wanted to update so, it since it's something we yeah, had talked about thank before. Thank God you mentioned it again to bring it to all of our minds again and remember that even though that they may not be stoned to death, these people are still going through such horrors every day of their lives for being who right. they are. So if you feel like you live in a first world country and, um, you know, a discrimination against LGBTQ people is not a thing that needs to be brought up or worried about, just remember that it absolutely is a fight that is continuing to happen all over the world. There are people right now being widely discriminated against or tortured or killed for their um, sexual preference, sexual orientation for who they are as people. Yeah. Um, And it's really sad. Yeah. That wasn't meant to be as sad as I... (laughs) No, (laughs) Because at the end of the day, it's, you know, this is a win. It's just a sad thing. It's a soft win. Yeah. You know? It's a very soft win. Uh, Let's talk about one more thing that's really shitty, shall we? Unless you have more shitty things. No. I have another shitty thing. So... Let's talk about some abortion laws. Great. Shall we? So, Georgia Governor Brian Kemp signed a bill on Tuesday that would ban abortions if a fetal heartbeat can be detected. No, the heartbeat bill. It's just like Ohio. So, you got 12 yep. weeks? Is it 12 weeks? Uh, it, it doesn't say, but it does say that the heartbeat bill is one of the most restrictive abortion laws in the nation. Right. So, it is very, very soon. This is the fourth state to enact this law, and exceptions are allowed to prevent death or serious harm to the woman and in cases of rape or incest in which a police report has been filed. So you have to have filed a police report for that to be legitimate. <laughs> okay. Just saying. What? How Because many I don't want people lying about but it. But how many know? fucking times do you think people who... If you think rape is underreported, how underreported do you think incest, incest. is? Um, I finished Root of All Evil. Oh, oh. Holy 
fuck? I want. I wish it was more. I I wanted more answers. I wanted more stories. But also, do you want to wash your brain out? <laughs> because holy shit, holy shit. But I'm also like, wait. I gotta know more. Yeah, like it's, it's if you so guys yeah, listeners, to Root of All Evil, Root of Root of Evil, oh, yeah, Root of Evil, is sorry. the podcast, and um, we bring that up because I guess it should be said. Trigger warning: major incest themes run through that that podcast, but it is so fascinating, fascinating. and interesting. Um, but but yeah, if you think. It, it gives you, that podcast gives you very good insight on, like, what people who are victims of that kind of crime, um, where their mind is. And it yeah. definitely, usually, isn't on prosecuting their family member yeah. in general or, like, filing any kind of report against them. And just to interject really quick, because we did touch on rape and incest, there is a company or an organization called RAIN, which is, I think it's like rape and incest national, like, hotline kind of thing. So if you are experiencing any of that kind of stuff and need any sort of help, you can call their 800 number, 800-656-HOPE. Just going to throw that out there before yeah, thank I you, continue thank you. on. Yeah. So uh, Mr. Kemp, a Republican, Georgia said in a signing ceremony at the state capitol that his administration is prepared for a court fight. He says, Our job is to do what is right and not what is easy. We are called to be strong and courageous, and we will not back down. If this law goes through, they are, it is going to be taken to, to the Supreme Court. Uh, it will go into effect in 2020. These bans have often been blocked by the Supreme Court, and they are already being sued for this bill. In Alabama, senators got into a shouting match Thursday after Republicans suddenly stripped exceptions for rape and incest from a near-total ban on abortion in the state without allowing a roll-call vote. So in Alabama right now, rape and incest is even off the table. You must carry this child to term. They were expected to vote in an HB 314, a bill that would make a felony for a doctor to perform or attempt an abortion unless a woman's health was at serious risk. What does that mean? I know. I really want to know what the definition of serious but is. But otherwise, they would face up to 99 years in prison. Like, like she's about to die. That's it. Honestly, I think that's what it means. So but there are so many other things to take into account. There really yeah. are, especially if it is the product of. I mean, regardless, regardless, if you're not ready for a pregnancy, well, and even it's um, your own fucking choice. Who right? cares what the reason is? No, that's exactly right. So it doesn't really matter if you're not ready for a pregnancy. But if there are other circumstances that have put you in a position to mm. be pregnant when you don't want to be, physical health is one thing, and it's a big deal. Of course, it is. But what about her mental health. Yeah. Like, what about her mental health? Yeah. Well, and we made a post today, Thursday, on our Instagram about Busy Phillips, and she uh, was very upset by the Georgia bill. And she did a she made a really great, great quote talking about how the decision about abortion should be between the woman and her doctor, which I think is 100% true. And no matter what the circumstances in your decision is to have an abortion, it should be between yourself and your doctor. It doesn't it should not be about all these other people making decisions about your body. So, although this bill is expected to pass, Democrats are asking that all motions be submitted to a roll call vote. Senator Vivian Figures said, who's like one of the only female senators in Alabama, says, you're going to get your way, but at least treat us fairly and do it the right way. Because they were just ready to move on. Like, they weren't going to have a roll call vote. They weren't going to have the formalities. And they got into this, like, shouting match. There's a video of it. And 
she's like, I know you're going to win. I know you're going to get your way. Jump through the hoops you need to jump through. Exactly. Do this legally. But the fact that it's just going to get passed is like, it's so infuriating to me. Like, yeah. and, and I have those people in my life who are like so hardcore pro-life that I still have on Facebook that I see these things and they're celebrating this. Oh, of course. Yeah, my, my family as well. Yeah. It just, it makes you want to pull my hair out. It's so frustrating. I just like, this is one of those topics for me that I wish that they would have more sense to realize the gravity of the situation in which they are putting these women in and danger they're putting these women in because abortion is not going to go away. No, it's absolutely not going to go away. If you are anti-abortion, what you are is anti-safe abortions yeah. like because they're they have happened always yeah. women have died trying to have abortions since the beginning of time yeah. they've always happened it's not to say that you know this is a new thing by any means no. women have been dying from word go women are still dying um trying to get to get safe abortions yeah. you know and so that that's one thing as well but secondly it's also so fucking backwards yeah because so oftentimes these are the same people who are against government programs and things that would help yeah this to be avoided in the first place i saw a really interesting like tumblr post from somebody where they were they were talking about just that you know oh should child support then start while the child is in the womb oh sh- uh you're the same you know group that then completely forgets about my child once it's born it's well, forgotten and and these are very oftentimes what state is this um this was alabama alabama i i promise you there are still parts of alabama if not most of the state that are abstinence only education sex education 100 so you're gonna say we don't want you to be educated on how you can avoid this by having comprehensive sex education. We don't want you to be on birth control. We don't want you to have any knowledge of how that is and how your body works. But then we also, when you get yourself into a position because you had zero fucking education on how any of this works, we are going to force you to have a child and then, oh, by the way, we're also not going to support you in any kind of government-funded program. This After is actually, you have the child. This, it's, it's this is interesting. So I just Googled abstinence only Alabama. And this is the first thing that came up. It says any program or curriculum in public schools in Alabama that includes sex education or the human reproductive process shall as a minimum include the emphasis on the following. One, abstinence from sexual intercourse is the only completely effective protection against unwanted pregnancy. Not uh, not a lie. That's true. Sexually transmitted diseases and, and acquired immune deficiency syndrome AIDS when transmitted sexually. Two, abstinence from sexual intercourse outside of lawful marriage is the expected social standard for unmarried school-age persons. So that is the, and, and what I'm seeing is the the emphasis on self-control and ethical <laughs> conduct pertaining to sexual behavior. It doesn't work. I can tell you that. Yeah. It doesn't work. I can tell you that. From like being from a highly Christian environment, I can tell you, yes, some people are going to wait to have sex until they get married. It will not be the vast majority of people. And these will be church-going people. Um, I'm telling you. Psychologically sound methods of resisting unwanted peer pressure. Uh, mm. No, I mean, I I learned all of that. I learned all of that. I learned that in church. I learned that in school. I get it. And I tried very hard. I tried very hard. I really, I had a purity ring. I really wanted to be that person. 
But you know what? One, I think it really fucked me up. It messed up my... It makes you feel guilty. It messed up my relationship with sex. And two, it didn't work. No, it didn't. <laughs> it didn't work. So, so yeah. It, you know, I'm just like... I understand it because I grew up hearing that if you teach sex education, it's like telling people that you're condoning the action and like yeah. you don't want to do that. I understand what where they're coming from. Yeah, but but it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And it's not legitimate. Like and you understand then, why they think that, but it's wrong. And then if it does happen, and then if it does happen, where are the fucking options? Because I knew so many people who were too fucking scared mm-hmm. <laughs> to come forward because. As being pregnant or so terrified of sex or terrified of getting pregnant, like, in why do we want to do this to our young people? It just... Yeah. Anyway. It, well, this is one of my hot button issues that pisses yeah, me off. Same. There's one more thing I want to add to this. So, Ohio legislators are looking to go a step further with a bill that would ban private insurance coverage for abortions. In Iowa, a state judge in January ruled its own fetal heartbeat law was unconstitutional. A judge in Kentucky also blocked a similar law in that state in March. So there are, like, shitty laws being passed in some states, and there are some states who are actually getting it banned by the Supreme Court. So we can only hope that with the uh, pro-choice movements and... um, groups that are out there who are suing the people who are signing this bill in Georgia that they can have it reach the Supreme Court and have them block it because as I said uh, in the beginning of talking about this that a lot of times it is blocked by the Supreme Court so yeah but the, I don't trust but, the Supreme Court to do dick right now no true and like we said and like we were talking about with Brunei just because these laws aren't being passed there are there's still a, a school system in place the there history still, of discrimination exactly yeah. it, it remains a culture of discrimination that's gonna continue you know yeah and my heart just breaks for these these people but I want to say girls in particular because like I was that person and like I think it did damage to me and like I love my parents I know that they did what they thought was best for me of course but like it did damage to me and I just hope that those people who are living in a place where they are surrounded by Um, people that don't understand them or people who are passing laws that they don't agree with or having sex and are scared to come forward with it with their parents or with anybody else that I hope that they can find a place that's safe for them. I hope that we can be a safe place for them to know that like your world's not that small. There are other people in the world who will stand up for you and who understand you and the things that you're going through and what you're experiencing isn't wrong at all. Yeah. So there you go. Okay, I'm going to just touch on this very quickly. Uh, A lot has been happening in Trump news. It's really weird because we recorded our last episode over a week ago. Yeah. And so I feel like so much has happened Mm -hmm. since then because we talked about the Mueller report. um, And I feel like things are kind of snowballing with that very quickly. So I watched William Barr had to testify I think it was a, in front of a Judiciary Committee and uh, or a Senate Committee, yeah, and I watched him testify, and it was kind of infuriating. Uh, the Republicans just continued to bring up, but Hillary's emails, but the FBI didn't it's do over. it. I'm like, it's over! I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, right? Ah, it's over! Um, meanwhile, Democrats tried to really push very hard questions, and for me it was hard because... I feel, and I felt for a very long time that it has been cemented, but this was just the nail in the coffin of, like, we will never see eye to eye. Because if there's anything that the American people should come come together on, it's getting to the bottom of a foreign government being in the middle of our fucking 
election yeah, I process. I mean, you just have to think of the news that's being fed to them, though. And but no, these people know. Like they, these they people know. know. Like they the American don't people, see it. They, they have their blinders but they know. Up. Like they the know. thing is, like the American people might not know. I can give, I can give the benefit of the doubt to you know Tommy, who's a conservative person who lives in middle of the country and doesn't watch the news all the time and is just believing whatever he's hearing from his yeah. family members. Yeah. I can give a you know. I can give reasonable doubts to the, the legislature. But these people like who that. are at the like, if you are a government official yeah. and you are a Republican, there is a zero percent chance you do not think that something fucking shady happened. But they can't admit it. But they, they admit won't it. admit it because it's not in their best interest, which it, means exactly. which makes them the least patriotic people I've ever fucking Agreed. seen. Because uh, Great. At this point, you turn on your party. Like, yeah. this is the time. Like, now's the time you turn on your party because what your party is doing is so deeply unpatriotic and counter to what yep. you say your beliefs are. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not standing up for America in any way. So, anyway. Um, Continue, Keegan. He, William Barr, did some real shady shit before that hearing. He had been given a letter by Mueller that basically was like, didn't like, Mueller was like, I don't like the way that you presented your summary of the report, which was basically, Trump didn't do anything wrong, yeah. and it's all good, and Mueller put down in writing, which is a pretty big deal, Yeah. Um, for, you know, an FBI representative and also, you know, to a lawyer to put in writing so that it was in the record that, like, I am displeased with the way that you presented this, and he, William Barr, when he knew he was going to be going up against you know, all of these people, he had gotten that, like, the day before, didn't uh-huh. give it to them as evidence or something that they could question him on Sweet. until that morning. Awesome. So allowed them almost no time to prepare for that. Cool. Yeah. And <laughs> it was really infuriating watching him testify because he, this is our attorney general, yeah. and he was basically talking as if he was Trump's personal lawyer. He was defending him at every turn. Yeah. And um, so... The House Judiciary Committee voted on Wednesday to recommend that the House hold the Attorney General William Barr in contempt of Congress for failing to turn over the the Mueller report unredacted. So when William Barr released the Mueller report, it had a lot of redactions. Yeah almost full pages that were blacked out. And so Congress is like, we want you to release to us the unredacted report. Of course. So that we can make a decision about obstruction. Because from what we're seeing, it's pretty clear that the president obstructed justice bare minimum. But we need to know all of the information. But we need you to release this to us. Of course. He is refusing to release it. And President Trump has now used his executive power to keep it from being released. He is using executive privilege to shield the full report. Doesn't that just show you that he's yes. hiding something? Yes. Like, they're because fucking up even more because he's like, oh, shit. If you, know? you, if you truly thought... Because after William Barr released his summary... Everywhere, Trump was running around saying, I'm exonerated, I didn't do anything, I told you all, I didn't do anything. So if this report exonerates you, like you just said it did... Then show the world. Then show the fucking world. Why Why wouldn't you want to? You would want to. Yes. Like, if this was something that was going to say, I'm an innocent man, you would want every single fucking person to look at it. Pull a Hamilton, write the Reynolds pamphlet, get it out there. Release that shit yourself. Yeah. But um, he doesn't want it, so they're saying that it's because he needs time to look over it and make sure that there's no, like, sensitive information that could be leaked. Um, 
you know, to get out into the public. But Congress is basically like, we're not asking you to release it to the public. We're asking you to release it to us. us. So that we can read it. It's just between us, guys. Um, it's between us. So, essentially, they're at a standoff right now as to what's going to happen. But, like, this is what I urge. Not that I think anyone listens who is on the right. But if you do, and you're, like, you think... Because on the right, they're trying to say that, like, we're, we want a second go at this. And the yeah. left is trying to, like, dig for anything and grasp at straws. If you are on the right and you're looking at this, what I want you to say is... Or what I want you to think about is... Does this look bad to you? Yeah. Does this look shady to you? Is this something an innocent person would do? Exactly. So, um, so yeah, that, that's all. That's that. And then the only other thing uh, that I wanted to touch on is that the Senate Intelligence Committee has subpoenaed Don Trump Jr. to testify about what he knows in regards to Russian interference in the 2016 election. Wow. So they have subpoenaed um, Donald Trump Jr. Whether or not he'll appear uh, is kind of... We don't know yet because they are going to do everything they can to try and stop him from having to testify. But, but, yeah, a lot has happened. The ball is rolling. That's all I'm saying. I have something positive. Okay, yeah. Let's end it with something positive. Let's do it. I know it's a little long, you guys, but we got to get something positive in here or else who would we be? So Tyra Banks appeared on Sports Illustrated. I saw. She looks freaking amazing. She looks amazing. And so she is coming back as a model out of retirement as Banks, spelled B-A-N-X. She says, this is a new me. This is an older me. This is a thicker me. This is a wiser me. This is a thankful me. It's all shades. It's all ages. It's all sizes. It's all sexual orientation. It is everything. And I am putting that on my back with an with that X. I fucking love her. And I know that some people are like, don't like Tyra Banks for whatever reason. Like, I love her. And I saw her picture on the Sports Illustrated cover. And I will say, as someone who I'm coming to terms with the fact definitely has body dysmorphia issues, um, seeing her on the cover as like a, a thick, beautiful, curvy, like gorgeous woman was just like... Made Who's me want to not like a teen or twenty something. No, and it made me want to rock a bikini. Like you know, yes. I've been dreading summer because I'm like, oh, I don't feel like Keegan. my body is like, you know, I'm gonna be uncomfortable like in a swimsuit. And Keegan, then, do you know what a bikini body is? I understand that, Madigan, but you know it's not that easy. Do you know what? A, but can I say it for our listeners? Absolutely, it's a body with a bikini. in That's it. That's absolutely true. But for everyone who. I believe those things. Mm-hmm. You can believe those things and still feel like. They don't apply to you. Oh, like, honey. for whatever reason. Oh, honey. You know what I mean? I know. I mean, when I... I remember I posted a bikini picture when I left treatment for the last time. And I made some sort of, some sort of caption that was like, Madigan posting a bikini photo. What world is this? And just having an outpour of amazing comments and responses to it. But also just being, like, so... Like, knowing I'd be so scared posting that and knowing I'd be so scared even, like, we used to go to the pool all the time Mm -hmm. at your old place in the hot tub and meeting people I'd never met before because you had friends that I didn't know and things like that and being, like, so self-conscious because I was the heaviest I'd ever been and being so scared of what people were going to think of my body. So when you feel that way, like, I don't mean to ever be pushing that aside or saying it's not important, but I have to continually perpetuate those cheesy things you see on Instagram and those things that we tell ourselves that we may not believe, 
because I've actually really been there and I and I still have to sometimes push those thoughts out of my mind and remind myself that wherever my body is in the current moment is exactly what it's supposed to be. And does and I don't have to fit a mold because it's summer. Right. Yeah. The idea is is ludicrous, really. But it's, but it's always important to get to see people who are real in and that's their what's bodies. changing it. And um, that's what's changing and that's, that's our minds. Important. And, and, you know, I say this with a grain of salt because it's still Sports Illustrated. It's still highly airbrushed. Yeah. I'm not trying to say that this is like some the real realist, body that yeah. is, is put up there. But she's a model. I will say she's a model, but like she definitely looks thicker than she did when she did the cover the last time. And that's a great thing. I think she looks yeah. fantastic. Do you know this model? Her name is. Uh, Lyris Cross. Mm-mm. Do you watch Project Runway? Mm-mm. She was on last season's Project Runway where they had all different body types. If you guys don't follow her, follow her. She's a plus size model. She is amazing. Um, anyways, she's also opening something called Model Land in LA. It's, <laughs> it's interesting. It is uh, the goal of it is to take modeling to the masses. She said everyone can come to Model Land and be the fantasy versions of themselves, discover their unique beauty, have us validate their beauty while they are having fun. Okay. Attendees will be able to dress up and be models for a day. Okay. Participate in fashion shows and photo shoots and shop. I can get on board with that, actually. sounds like Tyra in... That what's sounds the fun. Movie? What's the movie with her and Lindsay Lohan? Life Size. Yes. That sounds fun. I, I could get on board with that, actually. I could really... I really would have liked to have done something like that as a kid. Yes. And especially if it... Oh, I was a ham for the camera. Oh, me I too. Little, I would have been all over that Yeah, shit. that sounds great, actually. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm pro that. I would love to take, you know, a she's, little girl there. Yeah, she's doing good good shit, and I'm, I'm, I'm proud of Tyra. Me too. Too. I love Tyra. I'm a fan. I get it. I mean, other people not aren't a fan of hers, that's but fine. for me, I think she's great. I do too. So that's our positive, little tiny Cap positive to moment. Podcast. Uh, because this was a pretty serious episode. You guys, thank you so much for listening to another mini episode. We really appreciate that you love these episodes so much. Um, if you would like to email us any responses to this episode, any thoughts and feelings you may have on any of the things that we've discussed, go ahead and email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com. It's all happening on Instagram. Follow us on Angry Neighbor at Angry Neighborhood Feminist. You can direct message us there as well. We have a pretty unused Twitter, which I know we always promise you to use it more, and we don't. Uh, but it is at Yamp Podcast. Y-A-N-F Podcast. You can go ahead and find us on Facebook. We have a business and group page. Go chat with your fellow ragers on the group page. We love it. Uh, you can also leave us a review on our Facebook business page and like us there, which makes us very happy. But what makes us happiest is when you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It makes us so, so, so happy. And we haven't been getting as many lately. So if you guys haven't done it and you want your chance to kind of be spotlight, spotlighted, spotlight, spotlit, spotlit, right? I don't know. Go ahead and do it there. Go ahead and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and we will be forever grateful to you. Uh, um, listen to us on Radio Public. We really, really appreciate it when you do that. It is free for you and it helps us out a little bit and that makes us happy as well. So you guys, again, thank you so much. With all that being said, we encourage you to rage on. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. 
Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.